Welcome nerds. It's time to debrief you on the world of pop culture. Loading up rockabilly track. Now studying marine biology. Preparing updates on movies, TV, wrestling and more. ANS 5.0 activates in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Amazing Nerd Show. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. All right, on this week's podcast, we got a review for Avatar The Way of Water, and we also have trailer reactions for Across the Spider-Verse and Scream Part 6. Plus, we're recapping AEW's Winter is Coming. All right, but before we move on, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review and DM us a screenshot. Not only will we read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing Nerd Show swag. Let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors of nerdum. We're not mild-mannered reporters, we're mere podcasters with opinions. Warning potential spoilers for upcoming films and shows ahead. Check timestamps to avoid spoilers. You have been warned. So up first we've got tons of DC film news to unpack coming straight from the man in charge himself, James Gunn. With DC's shakeups in leadership and newly minted DC Studios, rumors about the future of the DC universe have been, you know, flying all over the place. But James Gunn has been quick to, you know, keep the record straight with each breaking story. Like this week we learned he is working on a young Superman story that will not see Henry Cavill return. Cavill went to social media to announce that even after you know his exciting post about returning to the role of Superman in October, this was no longer going to be in the cards over at Warner Bros. Discovery. But never fear, Cavill fans, um, he is already getting looked at for a role in an upcoming Warhammer 40k show that's in the works over at um, Amazon Prime, according to THR at least. But sticking with Gunn and the DC Universe, there were rumors about you know Robert Pattinson's Batman becoming a part of the new DCU. Sources told Variety that there were was a chance to see Matt Reeves' Batman franchise be a part of the wider plans over at DC Studios, but Gunn was quick to go to Twitter claiming this rumor was simply untrue. Patty Jenkins also tried to set the record straight on the cancellation of the Wonder Woman 3 film as people speculated if Jenkins was at fault for the film being scrapped. Jenkins would go on to Twitter and state, I never walked away. I was open to considering anything asked of me. It was my understanding there was really nothing I could do to move anything forward at this time. DC is obviously buried in changes they are you know, having to make. So I understand these decisions are difficult right now. So you got to really love his transparency, um, even though you might not necessarily like what he's saying, um, you know, because he's out here breaking news and debunking rumors almost like daily on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, like answering fan questions, uh, which is also like ends up breaking news. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, to start with the Superman stuff. So it looks like he's going to be writing the script for the first film. They don't have a director yet. Um, and it's going to be a young Superman story, like you said, but it's not going to be an origin story. Like right when he kind of broke that news, a fan asked him directly, oh, does this mean an origin story? And he said, no way. Um, this is going to be like an early Superman story. Um, you know, it sounds like it's going to be like him, you know, starting to work for the Daily Planet, um, you know, like, you know, as he's like meeting like Lois Lane and, you know, the rest of the crew. So um, he also went on to say that, you know, he loves Henry Cavill, but 
because of the direction they're going that, you know, he won't he wouldn't be returning, obviously, as Superman. But at the same time, and I'm paraphrasing, he, uh, he said that he he looks forward to possibly working with him in the future, um, you know, in the DC universe. So, you know, I don't know if that means like that Cavill will return as another character, possibly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people were upset with this news. And I mean, it, it really looks like we're going with a hard reboot now. Um, we were speculating last week that maybe they would be doing more of a soft reboot, knowing mm -hmm. that, you know, they have a slate of films scheduled to come out next year. Um, and, and some films that actually make money. Um, so it is, you know, pretty ballsy that they're just going to go ahead and recalibrate things and start fresh. But I mean, it really does make the upcoming films for, you know, 2023 kind of feel like lame ducks, right? Um, because yeah. you know that there's not going to be any follow-up story-wise, most likely. But in the long run, it, it sounds like they feel like it's worth the sacrifice, um, you know, to get the universe back on track um, and have, like, more of a unified vision. I just love the fact that, you know, we had a story break, you know, in the morning that was being reported on by, like, Variety and Hollywood Reporter and like James got up in front of it, like within like a couple hours and completely like debunked it. It was uh -huh. the the speculation that, you know, the Batman, you know, film could end up being, you know, part of the you know, DC universe proper, meaning that Robert Pattinson would become the new DC universe's Batman, almost sounding like, you know, they would be building around the version of Gotham that Matt Reeves introduced, you know, in his Batman film. Uh, but, you know, right away, like Gunn got out there on Twitter and was like, I think he even like shared some love for the reporter who broke the story. It was like, yes. you know, I usually love his work and, you know, he's a great guy, uh, but, you know, he needs to get better sources, obviously, because <laughs> this is 100% not true. Um, you know, which I mean, I'm totally fine with, but it was something that we did speculate also on last week that, hey, maybe they go ahead and just integrate this Batman into the DC universe mm -hmm. now because um, we did. We had that one quote from I forgot who, but he was saying there's not going to be like multiple Batmans running around. Well, obviously, that's not the case because. I'm guessing James Gunn's, you know, DC universe is going to have a Batman. And then we're going to also have Matt Reeves Batman. So, but whatever, you know, I'm nitpicking. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then like we had Patty Jenkins getting in on the act and <laughs> she, you know, got in front of a story that was saying that, you know, the story that we heard last week that, you know, she might have possibly just walked off the project. Um, hmm. But apparently that's not the case whatsoever. It just looked like, you know, DC, no matter what, wasn't going to be moving forward with a third Wonder Woman film at this time. Um, so, I mean, it is refreshing to have these artists, you know, to get to be getting this news straight from the source, you know, directly from these artists, um, you know, instead of having all these rumors you know, lingering for months at a time until eventually, you know, some version of the truth comes out. Um, so I will say that. So what are your thoughts on uh, Cavill no longer being Superman? Because, I, I mean, I get it. I feel bad for him since he just, like, came out and, you know, what was it, just a month or two ago? Yeah, like, it was October. 
Yeah. I, and this is, I guess, someone at Warner Brothers told him to do this, but like he posted something like celebrating his return to the character and everything. Um, it just shows you what a mess things were over there at mm-hmm. the time. Um, and you could tell that, you know, his heart was really into it. So, I mean, I do feel bad. And I do think he was a good Superman, but I I guess it's just not what Gunn was, you know, looking for, um, you know, out of the character now. He just wasn't the right fit. I mean, I feel like on a more cynical day uh, earlier this year, I was pretty adamant of like, it's fine. Let's just reboot the whole thing at this point, you know, mm. um, this, just because it's it's been such a mess. I, I, I do get like keeping some of your actors and stuff like that. Like I was on board to have Cavill yeah. return as Superman and have um, hopefully Gal Gadot and whoever else um, could keep their roles. But I mean, if this is easier for them to tell different stories in their own universe and it builds to something better, I'm you know I'm way more on board with that. No, I'm with you, and I, I you know I was at that point all for a reboot also. Um, but I was expecting them to like, you know, have their cake and eat it too, almost like, mm-hmm. you know, we can keep these actors on as these characters, but just, you know, reboot the universe. Um, we've seen it work before in the past and I think it would have worked here, but obviously that wasn't in the cards and they wanted to go in a new direction with these characters, um, you know, with this Cavill news, cause also last week we were speculating maybe Gal would be back, but I have a feeling that's not the case anymore that most likely Mm -hmm. you know they're also going to be looking for someone new to play wonder woman um you know i get it with like henry too like you know since it's a younger superman story like you know cavill's what in his probably mid to late 30s Mm -hmm. so he can't really pull off a 20 something you know clark kent um we have de-aging technology damon come on i mean for a whole movie <laughs> and we've we've seen how you know warner brothers has been with like cgi and shit uh. you know um so I, i'm fine i'm fine with them going with a different you know actor if that's the direction they're going in um i have no clue who they're gonna cast um i'm wondering if they go more of the unknown actor route um someone who could really make you know the character their own Mm -hmm. um i just feel bad for cavill because like he's been dicked around so much (laughs) i'm just hoping like you know him thinking he was going back to superman didn't really like weigh into his decision to leave um uh Witcher. Uh, the Witcher. Yeah, yeah, the Witcher. I mean, there was reports that he was already having issues with yeah. the creative and stuff like that. And and for you fans out there, he they already put out a post saying he's not coming yeah. back to the Witcher. Yeah, so. they got in front of that right away. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it, it 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 did like that was part of the report at the time that there was some serious like creative issues mm. going on there. So that probably had more to do with him leaving, you know, the series than anything. So, um, and he's, he's ultra talented, so he'll not land on his feet. No problem. I mean, who knows? He could end up being like the next James Bond, right? Exactly. I personally would love to see Gunn, like, bring him back as, like, Bizarro. <laughs> That'd be wild. Since he's, like, so they're talking about, like, you know, possibly working with him again in the DC universe. I mean, how perfect would it be to have, like, Henry playing Bizarro? You know, in this universe. Exactly. Gunn loves those types of characters as well, so I can hopefully see that in play. Oh my god. 
Um, and you know, Kevin Foggy is only a phone call away. I'm Aww. sure, like, I mean, there's already been rumors that, you know, they wanted to, you know, cast him in some, like, capacity into the MCU. So I'm sure, like, Foggy picked up the phone right away when he heard the news. You know, um, he'd be a great, like, Century or, you know, Hyperion. Um, you know, it's almost, like, too perfect, right? And we, we heard those rumors that he was up for that role. So, mm. and another fan casting is always Captain Britain. Um, which, you know, would work perfectly. That would be a good one for you. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, the the dude's going to be okay. You know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so don't, like, don't lose any sleep, you know, over, you know, Henry Cavill's, you know, future. Like, it came out today that he's got that Warhammer series coming out, right? And he's starring in that, too, you said? I mean, the, the series hasn't even been fully purchased. Like, they haven't fully purchased the actual, like, property. So, I mean, we'll see if that so falls it's just through, like, but they're looking at him for like it, for sure. Active development yeah. type deal. Alright, gotcha. Um, he's a big uh, Warhammer fan, so I could see it happening. Yeah, you know, so, he's a big nerd. So, so it's just a, <laughs> a perfect fit for him. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, anyway, another silver lining to come out, out, out of all this, you know, with them kind of, you know, rebooting things it looks like we can actually get that like jason momoa like lobo film now oh yeah um which is also just i mean brilliant fucking casting i mean the dude is just lobo honestly even like in the aquaman films he's like lobo uh -oh. like <laughs> acting as aquaman <laughs> really so i mean it, it just makes sense i mean if like god does have an issue bringing back you know cavill He's definitely not going to have an issue bringing Mabo in as Lobo. Exactly. So, um, and you could tell just by, like, you know, Mabo's, like, coy responses to, like, you know, the questions about the Lobo film that they've already had talks. Um, well, it feels like Gunn would have shut it down already. Yes, I mean, point. yeah. <laughs> and that's, once again, how refreshing is that? You know, uh -huh. I mean, I'm sure at a certain point he's going to have to rein all this in and, like, realize maybe he's giving people a little too much access um because it's not like he's you know answering the occasional like guardians question every now and then um on twitter i'm sure now he opens up his twitter and he's got like a million like questions mm -hmm. sitting there in front of him so i mean that could just be daunting um but yeah i mean we've got to enjoy this while we can right and i also wonder if like if he's ever just going to start lying about things <laughs> just because he's got so many people I don't you know, know, believing everything he's you saying. You start doing that, and then, you know, people aren't going to believe you, you know, mm -hmm. when you are telling the truth. So I'm sure he's going to want to try to stay away from that and, you know, just answer things a little more like diplomatically. And, you know, we'll just have to wait and see, you know, one of those type deals. Um, although, I mean, it's worked for Kevin Foggy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like that dude just straight up lies to people's faces all the damn time, you know, but it's, you know, it's part of the job, I guess. You know, he doesn't want to spoil shit, right? Um, and I honestly appreciate that. Speaking of which, according to Gunn, uh, we'll be getting an actual look at what he's got in store for, you know, DC uh, and its future, because it looks like they'll be, you know, presenting or unveiling their plans rather soon. Um, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that's going to end up being almost like a Hall H, you know, MCU presentation where we basically get like a full schedule for a couple years out. Um, or if it's just going to be kind of like a general, like, this is what we're thinking. Like, this is our mission statement, you know, type deal. So, I mean, regardless, it's going to be interesting. Um, and hopefully it sets some people's minds at ease. 
doubtful, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just curious to see, like, if this ends up really hurting their bottom line when it comes to their next, like, year of releases, you know, DC films-wise. You know, because, like I said, like, you've got to figure that it makes a lot of these films kind of feel pointless that they have on schedule. Because we've got, what, Flash... We've got Shazam, we've got Aquaman, and then Blue Beetle, right? So, I mean, and I guess they could, like, bring a character like Blue Beetle into the fold if they wanted Mm to. Um, Because I don't know how much in his film is going to be connecting to, you know, the outside DC universe. Like, if that's more of a, like, isolated story. And Shazam is kind of isolated, right? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, they just have the like the one shadowy, you know, cameo of heroes being there. Yeah. Beyond that. So who knows? I mean, with some creative editing, I, I have a feeling they mm-hmm. could make it work if they wanted to. Because um, they had all those rumors about like the Batman and like other characters showing up for Blue Beetle. But, you know, that could just be on the cutting room floor. Did we also hear that uh, Wonder Woman was supposed to be like having a cameo in Shazam? Yes. So, I mean, maybe they just choose to edit that out, right? Like, I could see those characters somehow, like, fitting into the new DC if they needed them to. Whereas, like, Flash and Aquaman, that doesn't necessarily work. That's more of a difficult situation because, you know, obviously their history with the rest of, you know, you know, Snyder's version, Mm -hmm. you know, of the universe. So, um, and if they're already, you know, cutting ties with Cavill, I mean, obviously, I feel like, you know, Aquaman and, you know, this version of Aquaman and Flash aren't long you know, for DC. Well, moving on to the other side of the fence, it looks like uh, Marvel's upcoming Echo series might be dealing with some delays. This one comes in from the Cosmic Circus as head writer for the series Echo, Marion um, Dayer, stated on a podcast that the series will most likely not be ready until next winter, rather than its, you know, previously announced summer 2023 release date, um, which, if true, may actually push back shows like Agatha Coven of Chaos that has kind of a loose winter 2023 release window at the moment. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like, they don't want the two shows competing against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, cause storyline wise, I feel like, you know, I, I doubt that they need to like debut in any certain order. Right. Cause like the one has nothing to do with the other and the long run. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, cause right. Echo's just in pre-production right now. They're not actually shooting currently. Right. Yeah. They're not, it hasn't been filmed yet, at least as far as we're aware. Okay. All right. But honestly, with all the rumors swirling around the MCU, um, it sounds like they're having their own issues. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear about more series and films being delayed in the near future. And speaking of issues, uh, it sounds like Star Wars newest Disney Plus series Skeleton Crew is also dealing with some setbacks. Seems like Star Wars The Skeleton Crew is working with a legit skeleton crew after major turnovers happened from a disgruntled film crew. This story coming from Making Star Wars claims the series has suffered multiple stalls after the crew working on the series were put through uh, what they say are poor working conditions. Um, Quotes are floating around that the staff felt underappreciated and overall disposable. No word on any release date changes due to delays as this series is still set for a 2023 release. Is this a series with Jude Law, Christian? Yes, it's the one about the uh, group of 10-year-olds. This was supposed to be coming out in 2023? I don't know. Yeah, apparently. 
I thought this was like 2024, like the soonest. So holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy because we haven't seen or heard much about this series whatsoever. No. Um, I mean, that fucking sucks. I hope they're, you know, treating their people right. I mean, obviously not if they're just walking off set. Um, Sounds like they're working at an Imperial prison camp at this point. Yeah, really. Um, that's that really sucks because we've been hearing a lot of like similar complaints from uh, like their like effects artists and stuff. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it pays in this world to treat people right. So Iger says he's here to save us all. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's, it's that a direct quote. <laughs> no, but uh, it's what I imagine. <laughs> Another Marvel story that we've learned from Hollywood Reporter this week is that Donald Glover is returning to Spider-Man in a new way as he will star and produce a planned Sony project of the Hypno Hustler, which is a music-based villain that debuted in Spectacular Spider-Man back in the 70s. Um, Probably the last character I expected Sony to try and make a film about, but knowing that Donald Glover is attached, I could see actually working or at least something that I would want to check out. Um, Obviously, this is MC with Jason as Glover has already starred as uh, Miles Morales's uncle Aaron Davis in Spider-Man Homecoming. How many more wild spider flicks is Sony willing to make? The world may never know, but Lord knows they are never going to drop that IP. Well, moving on, uh, we've got some casting news for the upcoming John Wick spinoff, Ballerina. Looks like Walking Dead star Norman Reedus will be a part of the John Wick universe as Deadline reports that he has been casted in the Anna Diarmas-led spinoff, Ballerina. Um, No word on what kind of role he will play, but perhaps it could be like a relative to John Wick. Who knows? It just feels like Reedus would be a good fit for this universe overall. Yeah, I mean, he was amazing in the Boondock Saints uh playing a character who could totally fit into like like the John Wick universe honestly so i mean it it only makes sense i mean he's a great actor i just i think you know it's going to be a struggle for him to kind of you know break out of like typecasting now that he's played daryl for you know 20 years Exactly. The only other thing he's been doing is uh, video game roles lately. He's been uh, doing Death Stranding games. Yeah, right. We don't really see him in anything else. No. You know, I know he had some like AMC like reality series um, where he was like, I don't know, like biking across country or something like that. Uh, I, don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if that's still on. <laughs> But uh, yeah, besides that, I mean, maybe he's out there making like 10 films a year. and We just have no clue, but we never hear about him. So um, but we're kind of in a bubble also. <laughs> right. But who knows? I mean, maybe right. he's making like 10 films a year. and We're just kind of living in this like nerd culture bubble, you know, where exactly. if he doesn't have a lightsaber or a fucking cape on, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we don't know shit about it. <laughs> All right, looks like we've got a God of War TV series officially coming to Amazon Prime. Sony is keeping the live action projects coming, officially tapping into its game franchise, God of War, which has been rumored for some time to get a series or movie. Amazon Prime has ordered a TV adaptation to be made for its streaming service with Raph Judkins from uh, Wheel of Time, Mark Fergus from Iron Man, and Hawk Otsby, who worked on The Expanse, set to co-write and produce together. On top of that, just 
like what we've seen with the Last of Us series, um, this will be executively produced by the lead game director, Corey Barlog, who has been in a leadership position over the entire franchise, only really giving the reins over to um, Eric Williams for Ragnarok. Um, the series will apparently skip over the Greece mythology era of Kratos and focus on the more recent story between Kratos and his son, Atreus, in the uh, Norse mythology realms, as we've seen in the latest two games, um, which personally I'm a little disappointed by, um, you know, that we're not going to get a full god killer Kratos, but I understand that the more recent games have more depth and story. Not that a series couldn't really add more depth to those earlier games. I just think it'd be really cool to see a seriously done version of that, and I think a lot of people would dig it as well. In horror news, the hit Netflix movie series Fear Street is working on its fourth installment with Chloe Akino, who worked on Storm Drain from VHS 99, and more recently The Watcher, is set to direct the new film. Little is known about the project, you know, what kind of era is it going to be, what the plot's going to be about, or anything like that, but at least Netflix still seems to be interested in this franchise as a whole. You can catch me and Damon's reviews of the first three films and our back catalog from episodes 183 to 185. Alright, moving out, we've got a couple trailers to talk about. Up first, Across the Spider-Verse. We are supposed to be the good guys. We are. All right, so the trailer opens up with a heartfelt talk between Miles and his mom. Uh, it's featuring different scenes from the first film. Miles' mom is coming to terms with Miles getting older uh, and not be able to protect him anymore. Uh, from this conversation, I don't know if you got this vibe, but it kind of felt like mom might know that Miles is Spider-Man now. Um, 100% that's how it felt okay okay and I don't know if I was just like reading into it but I know that's you know uh the deal in the comics mm. so I don't know if like in between films maybe he like revealed the truth to his parents uh but I guess we'll just have to wait and see but after this moment we see Miles and Gwen in a strange I guess dimension with a plethora of other spider you know man variants uh, this included Jessica Drew's uh, Spider-Woman, who's at one point on a motorcycle fighting a vulture-like character. Uh, we see the PlayStation uh, Spider-Man. Uh, hmm. We see uh, we see Spinnerette, who's MJ. I believe that's her name. Uh, and Peter and her daughter, uh, Spiderling. Uh, they're both from the Renew Your Vows um, comics. Uh, we also see Spider-Cop and Bagman and uh, Peter B. Parker's back. Uh, we've got a Superior Spider-Man, uh, a couple versions of Spider-Girl, a few versions of Spider-Man in armor, uh, Kane, the manga Spider-Man, Spider-Monkey, and also Spider-Man Unlimited from the animated series, and a whole lot more. Uh, but uh. <laughs> those are the ones I could at least kind of identify. At one point, we do see Spider-Man uh, 2099, uh, who's going to be voiced by Oscar Isaac. Uh, and, you know, it looks like him and some of the variants are chasing Miles in the dimension for some reason. Uh, I have no clue what the hell that's about. Uh, we do get a shot of Miguel, um, you know, Spidey 2099, um, looking at a screen uh, with a picture of him and his daughter on it. So... I don't know if, you know, that's a big plot point. 
um, you know, something to do with his daughter in this story. Uh, but who knows? Uh, we, I mean, I, I doubt Miles killed his daughter, you know, like, no, I, just, I can't imagine I what happened. I don't think that's what <laughs> I don't think Miles murdered his daughter, his little girl, uh-huh. but maybe he needs to find his daughter. Like maybe she's lost in between dimensions or something like that. Or maybe something happened where he lost his daughter in his world. So, you know, I who knows? Like maybe he's trying to fuck with time or something like that to bring her back. But no, I don't mm. think Miles murdered his kid. Asshole. But anyway, you never know. <laughs> Now, interestingly enough, a couple characters we didn't see was Spider-Punk and uh, The Spot, who we both know play, you know, pretty big roles in this film. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious uh, what side Gwen is going to be on. Uh, she she sounded pissed by the end of the trailer as well. I don't know. It sounded like she was talking to Oscar Isaac, to uh, Miguel. So uh, at least that's what I got from it. But I mean, it was also creative editing. So who knows? Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering what the situation is that brought all these different versions of Spider-Man together into one place. Because, I mean, you're talking about it looks like hundreds of different Mm Spider-Men, right? Um, You know, in the comics, you know, we have Moreland, you know, uh, hunting down, you know, spider totems. But that doesn't seem to be the case from, you know, what we know of this film, um, you know, somehow the spot is involved, um, who is like a C-level villain or if not D-level villain from the comics. Uh, So, I mean, but who knows? I mean, maybe Moreland is part of this film and they're keeping that under wraps right now. Um, But I would think at this point it would have probably leaked. but yeah, no. So I, I don't know. I, I'm wondering what this story actually is. Like, is it Miguel who's brought all these different versions of Spider-Man together um, or possibly someone else? I do know, like, they're, it seems like they're kind of dipping their toe in the water when it comes to, like, the Moreland storyline in the upcoming Madam Web film. So maybe that's why they chose to go, like, a different route story-wise when it comes to, you know, the Spider-Verse, you know, sequel. Mm-hmm. I could also see this being a setup for it as well, though. Like, the Spot's, like, working for them in some form or fashion. Maybe even the Spot stole their child, and or Miguel's child, I should say, um, and is, like, giving it to them. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? I mean, we know that they already have a sequel planned, and mm-hmm. I think they're working on both films at the same time. Because, like, we already got the release date for that movie, um, mm-hmm. Like, they announced them together, right? Yeah, originally it was going to be, like, a part two, but then they decided to give it its own title. Yeah, yeah, but they gave us, like, a an actual date. It was just, like, a year mm-hmm. after um, the release of the first one. So. Well, this one's coming out June 2nd, 2023. Well, moving on, we also got our first teaser trailer for the upcoming Scream 6. All right, so it looks like we're getting Ghostface Takes Manhattan. 
uh, we're in New York City uh, during what looks to be Halloween. Uh, we're with some of the surviving characters from the last film. They're on a subway with a bunch of people in costumes, many who are wearing ghost face masks. Uh, but one mm. in particular is looking quite menacing, getting closer and closer to the group of friends until they are directly in, I believe, Mindy's face. Uh, and this is pretty much just a teaser, but with that being said, I thought it was pretty effective, um, especially like seeing Ghostface in a different element for once, uh, you know, in a new setting instead of Woodsboro. I don't know. I feel like it, it should help freshen up the series a bit. I also love the idea of having Halloween as a backdrop for at least some of the film. It could really like play into the like whodunit factor. Um, mm. And I, I loved all the fun Easter eggs that, you know, they gave us in this trailer. I mean, we see people dressed up as Jason, uh, Pinhead, uh, the Babadook. We see someone in a fedora. So I'm assuming that's like a Freddy nod. Um, and mm -hmm. we even get like the bride from Ready or Not, which, of course, that film is also by the same directors. Um, I wouldn't be surprised after the success of Wednesday that they don't end up featuring like Jenna Ortega's character more. Uh, she's been having quite a year and she's a pretty big deal now. So, I mean, she was more of kind of like just a side character in, you know, the last sequel. She was pretty much just a side character in the last film. But I, I would imagine that maybe they kind of structure it a little more around her um, mm. and make her like, you know, the protagonist of the piece. But at the same time, it is a screen film. So that could also mean she's the first to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's at least there on the train with them. Yes, that's that true, yeah. but that might be the opening scene. Who knows? Uh -huh. uh, we didn't see Gail Weathers, Courtney Cox, of course, and we didn't see the returning Kirby. Uh, I'm hoping, regardless of that, though, that we've kind of now transitioned the narrative over to this new group of friends. And this trailer did a lot to make me believe that's the case, um, unless they all just get slaughtered here, right? And that's the opening uh -huh. scene. <laughs> new group of friends right after that that'd be crazy yes and then they just cut right to gail weathers and like the whole film it's just revolving <laughs> no. around her oh my god no <laughs> gail starts up a new life in new york i mean Aww. but we do know that like nev campbell's not coming back um mm -hmm. supposedly so i think in the long run we might be safe from that happening which i believe is you know, for the betterment of the franchise as a whole. I mean, I recently rewatched uh, part five and I will say like this new cast of characters, they do have a lot of potential. It's just whether or not they get their time on screen to really like shine. Cause unfortunately they're having to, you know, share a lot of screen time with the mm -hmm. old guard. Um, you know, now that we know at least Dewey won't be popping up, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Scream 5, um, and, you know, now, you know, Sydney is out of the picture, they should at least be getting, you know, their moment in the sun. Yes. Be the be the stars, be the feature. Yes, yes. Also, going by some of the photos that have been released for the film, um, it seems like we're going to be getting an updated, like, Ghostface mask, finally. Something I've been asking for for years. So uh, it's just a little like deteriorated, you know, a la, you know, Michael uh, Myers, you know, Halloween 2018. But it's a start. Like, there's no reason not to, like, update the character's look once in a while. 
I mean, every like major horror franchise has done that in the past. It just makes sense. As long as it looks better and not worse, like some of those old Michael masks that no. never lived up to the Jesus first Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, from what I've seen, that's not the case at all. But who knows? This could just be a red herring. And it could be like uh-huh. a shot from like Stab 12 or something like that. They've done that <laughs> in the past also where they've teased us and, you know, it ends up not being the case at all. But I don't know about you. Uh, I'm pretty excited for this film. Uh, when does this come out, Christian? Comes out March 10th. And I, I might be more excited after I watch uh, part five. I still need to watch it. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. I think it's worth checking out. I mean, it's probably my favorite sequel since part two, honestly. And now for the Amazing Nerd Show's review of Avatar The Way of Water. Warning minor spoilers ahead. And now, our feature presentation. Why do you come to us? I just want to keep my family safe. Treat them as our brothers and sisters. Teach them our ways. Keep up, Forest Boy! If you want to live here, you have to ride. Let's do it. Just breathe. Breathe. When an ancient threat resurfaces, Jake must fight a difficult war against the humans. This film is directed by James Cameron and stars Sam Worthington. While I definitely wasn't the biggest fan of the first Avatar, there was a lot still there to appreciate about James Cameron's work. And overall, diving back into Pandora for the second time, you know, kind of left me in a similar place as I was when I watched the first film. It's a technical work of art with some of the best effects money can buy, but has a hollow, forgettable story and characters that are stretched across a three hour runtime that passes by way too slowly. But to really start off with the positives here, we're introduced to a slew of new characters pretty quickly in this that are Jake Sully's family, which he started after the last film. While they may not be the most interesting or charismatic bunch of Na'vi, the family unit is strong. I mean, you can really feel the emotional bond between all of them and understand the choices that they make, whether good or bad, are made for the betterment of the family. Um, Focusing on the Na'vi family was the right direction to go as the human element in the first film really bogged it down. But while I didn't dislike any of these new characters and actually found Sigourney Weaver's uh, playing a teenage version of her character from the first film um, to be actually one of the biggest highlights of the entire film, I was still pretty shocked how little time we got with the parental figures all together, especially over such a long runtime. It felt like Jake, as played by um, Sam Worthington, and Natiri, as played by Zoe Saldana, um, were kind of just bit parts just reacting to their children's story as it unfolded. Um, The story itself felt like an introduction to a much larger plot to take place over multiple films, which we know is the plan, but there simply wasn't enough content or a good bookend to this film to make it feel like a solid chapter in the tale of Avatar. While it was a very simple plot, character arcs are spread incredibly thin across the three hour runtime to the point that I was never able to get 
get fully invested in just about anyone. On top of that, the film had a major villain problem as the threats they were facing were all just kind of a rehashed version of the first film, but with a more complicated journey that we don't get enough time with to make the film's end with our villain feel all that earned. Which I hope makes sense because I'm trying to dance around, you know, some of the big spoilers here for those who haven't seen it. I just really was disappointed by this film's villains. But at the end of the day, this film was about family and about, you know, protecting our oceans and environment as Cameron's, you know, love for the environment was definitely a big part of this film and why we spent so much time in, you know, these big oceanic set pieces, uh, which visually were some of the best moments of the film. The CGI work for every underwater scene was flawless and you can see the new bounds of technology for CGI on full display. Where things were weird for me visually all had to do with the film's shifting frame rates and sometimes unrealistic collisions that became distractions for me during the film. I don't really know what the choice they were making here was like if they just filmed everything in a lower frame rate than they had for the rendered CGI effects. But you would get these long stints of just switching back and forth between these super smooth frame rate that had to be either 120 frames or higher to a much choppier 30 frames per second, especially when, you know, human characters were present. You could see that the Navi characters were going from these smooth animations to then suddenly hair and motion stuttering due to the lower frame rate to accommodate the shot. While this may not bother most people, and I know a lot don't notice this kind of thing, for me it was jarring and distracting jumping back and forth between the two frame rates. And like I said, with Collision, sometimes the bigger moments with large vehicles feel like they're just on these perfect tracks rather than giving a realistic animation during a crash. You know, there were kind of like these moments that really reminded me of like what you would expect from a Call of Duty or Battlefield cutscene that just felt out of place compared to a lot of the amazing animation that was going on in other scenes. But still on the other hand, there were moments where I knew they had to be using CGI humans to pull off certain shots, but they looked so real that I was left stunned by what Cameron and company were able to achieve. For me, these films really could be the next level and bar for cinematic stories if done with a compelling story to match the level of effort that's put into the visual effects. I've seen creators do so much more with larger casts in half the time that Avatar 2 was able to accomplish. And by no means do I feel like this was a terrible film. It just didn't leave the lasting impression that I know Cameron is going for with this franchise. And story is going to be what really brings this grade down. I mean, honestly, I've been really struggling, you know, to try and finalize this grade as I have to admit, you know, the visuals are outstanding for over half the film. You know, it's a real jaw dropping experience that they were able to create with some of these scenes. But I just wish it had more to give with its characters across a three hour film. So for my grade, I will be giving Avatar The Way of Water a C plus. And now a quick word from our sponsor, Manscaped. Hey you, got bush? Well, you definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Taking control of your bush is important. These products are so good, you're going to be showing pride in your new bush-free yard. It's a fact that you'll have the best-kept nutsack on the cul-de-sac, so save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code 20NerdShow 
for 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. Listeners, you know I don't got bush because Manscaped helps keep my rocket raccoon high and tight. Whether you're looking to go bald like an eagle or just in need of a safe trim, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. Listeners, the grooming package I highly recommend is the Performance Package 4.0. That's because inside the package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is a bush's worst nightmare. This trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave hair on loose skin thanks to its ceramic blades and advanced skin safe technology. No need for night vision goggles, this trimmer has a LED light to allow you to mow the lawn in the dark. It's basic landscaping. When you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. The second best tool in the performance package is the Weed Whacker. This fine-tuned nose and ear hair trimmer will make sure your nasty nose pubes are under control. Instantly add some pep to your step with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Spray-On Testy Toner. With a performance package purchase, you get two free gifts, a shed travel bag and the patterned high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. They have a bunch of other products on their website to help you maximize your confidence and grooming game. So listeners get 20% off plus free shipping with our code 20NerdShow at Manscaped.com. Kate Bush may be trending at the moment, but your bush needs some help. That's right, so make sure you're running up that hill and get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com by using our code 20NerdShow. It's time to level up your grooming game with the ultimate bushwhacking tools from Manscaped. And now it's time for Christian's Corner. So this year at the Game Awards, uh, many, including myself, hope to see some form of announcement about the upcoming Marvel Spider-Man sequel. And while that didn't happen, a week later, we did get a little news after one of the writers over at Insomniac accidentally leaked a release window for the game. Jamie Mayer, um, who is working on Spider-Man and the announced Wolverine game for Insomniac in a blog post, uh, spilled that Spider-Man 2 was projected for a fall 2023 release. Uh, This was later confirmed by PlayStation themselves. Rumors have been kind of like swirling all over the place of an upcoming showcase for the game, and I feel like that may be true after you know this news dropped. Hopefully, we'll get you know some of the first gameplay uh, this January or maybe even February. But speaking of showcases, um, Xbox exec Aaron Greenberg took to Twitter after complaints about you know there being little to no announcements from Microsoft at the Game Awards this year. Um, Greenberg claims that Xbox will be showing off their 2023 slate of games shortly um this year they kind of suffered you know some backlash from lack of first party titles due to plenty of delays of some of their more anticipated games coming for their console and game pass at the same time xbox acquiring activision blizzard has gotten them into trouble with the ftc as for some reason they have now stepped in to say that xbox may have a monopoly even though uh, their competitors have been pretty much making even larger studio purchases this year. My guess is that the FTC has a PlayStation Call of Duty League and doesn't want to see those games go to Xbox exclusive. All jokes aside, 2023 is looking to be a promising year for Xbox, and you can catch my list for the most anticipated games of 2023 in a few weeks when we put out our preview for 2023 in January, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Other than that, you can always talk gaming with me on Twitch, where we are live every Saturday through Tuesday. Currently, we're playing God of War Ragnarok and High on Life. Um, right now, I'm thinking we might start Horizon Forbidden West after the holidays as I'm going to need you know the extra money for those like last-minute Christmas presents. Make sure to stop by and say hi when we are live on Twitch. But all right, now let's move on to wrestling. They said that 
<laughs> hey man, you've got about a hundred missed calls, text messages. You, if we want to answer your phone, you got to unlock it. And they hand me my phone, and the screen lights up, and they say, "Is that your son? He's he's cute. What's his name? What's his name?" And his green eyes look back up at me, and I I didn't know. I didn't know. For a whole hour, I didn't know. I've been to hell. That's hell. And if John Moxley wants to fight me this Friday, I'll find him. I know where the ring is. But if he's going to tempt me to go back to hell, I'm going to take his ass with me. All right, Christian. So just when we thought this year couldn't get any fucking crazier, it did. Uh, Apparently, Vince McMahon is trying to sneak back into the WWE. (laughs) (laughs) I hope Triple H has his fucking sledgehammer ready to go. (laughs) Because even though, like, we live in the AEW bubble, pretty much, um, you know, I dabble in WWE once in a while. And my God, is the show so much more tolerable with Triple H at the helm. So mm-hmm. for, you know, his sake and for the product's sake, I, I, I really hope that doesn't happen. Um, but, you know, for those who don't know, apparently there was a Wall Street Journal article that came out uh, with a couple more allegations against uh, McMahon and, uh, you know, a a quote from someone in the know who apparently is saying that uh, McMahon, uh, he regrets uh, resigning his position or quote unquote retiring, um, that he got bad advice uh, and now he wants to make a comeback. So... My God, I mean, what I mean, could you imagine if that's how this year ends with McMahon (laughs) (laughs) making some kind of grand entrance on Raw, stopping down to the ring and, you know, Uh reclaiming his fucking kingdom from Triple H. Holy shit. I mean, that would be like the perfect ending to this year because it it Mm. has been really just batshit fucking crazy. I mean, I'll never say never, but I I feel like if he's going to come back, it's going to be like at Mania. You know, just in front I of everyone. I could see, like, an appearance <laughs> at Mania. Uh-huh. I could see WWE trying to do, like, you know, like, oh, we're going to induct him to the Hall of Fame. But, like, him mm. actually coming back into power, you know, as, like, a creative force or even, like, as CEO again, I don't know, man. Like, because apparently the story is, like, if he didn't resign or retire, quote-unquote, they were going to force him out anyway. Apparently, he's still like 80% majority like stockholder or whatever. Um, so I don't really understand all the ins and outs of how that possibly works. Because apparently Fightful interviewed a bunch of people over, you know, on the WWE side of things. Um, you know, I think like executives, at least they alluded to them being higher ups and wrestlers uh, for that matter. And it seems like no one wants him back <laughs> so i mean once like the the article came out the stock actually dropped so i mean back <laughs> in the day they you know everyone said oh once mcmahon you know retires the stock is going to take a major hit uh but that was not the case whatsoever if anything the stock you know went through the roof and so did the ratings for a short period of time um you know right now they've kind of like evened out but the product itself has definitely been better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's never going to be probably my cup of tea, but at least like they're more consistent with things like storylines. 
You know, we don't have like, you know, angles being dropped. Um, you know, wrestlers aren't losing their jobs left and right. In fact, Triple H is actually bringing people back. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like he knows what to do with them half the time, but yes. <laughs> it just seems like a, a a much nicer place to work at nowadays. And, uh, you know, just a better product overall, you know, for the audience. Um, so it would just be a major step backwards, you know, for the company if Vince does, you know, come back. Um, I'm sure Tony Cobb would love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, those contract negotiations if vince mcmahon shows back up i mean that's definitely back in tony khan's favor yeah, oh absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. so but uh in other news today apparently mandy rose uh lost her job uh which is unfortunate of course uh she had been on a historic run as the uh women's nxt champion uh she dropped the belt last night um it's kind of cloudy whether or not she knew going into the match that she was done with the company or if it was something that she just found out today. Um, apparently, she had an OnlyFans type site um, that was like subscription based uh, where she was posting some pictures that WWE wasn't a huge fan of. A little too suggestive. Um, so... I, I don't know if it was like a type of a deal where it was somehow, you know, a breach of her contract. Um, but and I don't know if it was a case of them, you know, and this is all kind of cloudy right now. So I'm sure eventually the, the true story will come out. But I don't know if it was a case of like them asking her to take the page down and she refused. A lot of people were saying that she probably actually makes more money off the site than she does, you know, working in WWE, which is fucking crazy to think. Um, but yeah, so she, you know, is now no longer with WWE. Uh, would you, Christian, like to see her possibly pop up in AEW? I haven't seen her since she was like teaming up with Otis. So I mean, I wasn't too impressed back then. But um, I think she's kind of honed her skills, at least from okay. what I hear. Uh, you know, over on NXT, she was able to wrestle a lot more. Um, you know, and she had a really impressive title run. So I mean, she's a name. That would definitely pull some eyes over onto AEW's product. Mm -hmm. But this is all assuming that she even wants to wrestle anymore. You know, and once again, like, I don't know if this is a case of Mandy Rose, you know, putting her foot down and refusing to, you know, drop the, you know, subscription service that she had going. Um, like she chose that over WWE or if WWE saw the content that she was posting and said, we can't have you working here right now. Um you know, and they, they have sponsors and whatnot, and I don't know what the hell their contracts look like. I mean, I think as an independent contractor, you should be able to do what the fuck you want. But we all know that they're not really independent contractors. Yeah. So, and like, and at the same time, like WWE has the right to let them go if they want to. Um, but it's, it. I don't know, it's all kind of silly to me, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, like, you know, who knows? Like, maybe she does not want to wrestle anymore. Um, but I wouldn't blame Tony for at least, you know, knocking on her door and seeing if there's interest there. 
I mean, we know that AEW doesn't have those types of restrictions. Like, there's several wrestlers in the company right now that have external websites that they yeah. make funds off and, of. And, and like WWE has loosened up on that also. So, mm-hmm. you know, once again, I, you know, I think for a short period of time, like up, up, down, down, like went on hiatus because Woods wasn't going to, you know, post any more content until like they shirt up the deal. And this is all hearsay. But, um, like, you know, because I think they were asking for a lot of the, you know, pie, if you will. Um, and then, like, you know, a lot of wrestlers, like, I think, like, Adam Cole and stuff like that. He was allowed to continue doing his streaming, but I think it was only because he was NXT talent. So that's mm. how he kind of got around it. But then, like, other people, like uh, Soraya... I think she was initially forced to shut down, correct? Yeah, I think her and Zelina Vega yes. had the biggest issues. Yes, there. and then, I, you know, eventually they kind of loosened up on that. Um, so I do believe there are plenty of WWE wrestlers out there streaming or they have got websites and stuff like that. So, um, which is a good thing, you know, because you should be allowed to make money <laughs> elsewhere, especially once again, if you're an independent fucking contractor. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I get it like, Oh, we don't want you using your wrestling name or your likeness, you know, likeness, like, you know, your character that we created for you, then fine. But if you're using your real name, you should be able to do what the hell you want. So you should own your own likeness. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens, though, with Mandy. You know, I mean, I feel bad for her because it does sound like she was caught off guard just the way she reacted on Twitter. But who knows? Who knows? And like, I'm sure in like two or three months, she'll be doing a podcast and the whole story will come out. <laughs> That's usually how it works. Uh, but otherwise, I think probably the biggest story that came out of, you know, this past week is uh the wrestler formerly known as Sasha Banks' uh, status. Uh, I believe she's going underneath the name uh, Mercedes Monet's now. At least that's what she's been copywriting. Oh, okay. You know, along with a bunch of, like, terms that sound like they could be wrestling moves. Um. <laughs> So we'll see. But regardless, uh, it looks like she's going to be making an appearance at Wrestle Kingdom this year. I mean, a lot of people were already talking last week uh, when AEW announced that Soraya would have a mystery partner. Uh, I believe it's uh, for the show in the first week of January in California, um, where Soraya will be facing off against uh, Jamie Hayter and uh, Britt Baker. Uh, a lot of people start to kind of, you know, speculate whether or not that would actually be Mercedes. Um, and then a couple days later, we got the announcement that Mercedes is appearing at Wrestle Kingdom. And we heard prior to this, and I, you know, we don't really talk WWE, so we never really talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we heard prior that she wasn't going to be taking any kind of wrestling bookings until January, which had a lot of people speculating that probably that's when her like no compete clause is up now i could see wwe and her reaching some kind of deal you know after the fact like i don't think this means that she's not going back to wwe um but the fact that they didn't use her at survivor series when it was in boston is pretty fucking telling because if there's any time to like bring her back and have it make a huge impact 
um, with your audience is, you know, in Boston in front of her home crowd and stuff at Survivor Series. You know, and that's a lot, you know, and they had the whole mystery partner angle going at the time. So now <laughs> if she isn't the mystery partner for Soraya at, a, you know, for, at the AEW event, it's a dynamite, I believe. Um, AEW needs to get out in front of it, like right now, you yeah. know, and just squash that rumor because <laughs> you're going to have a whole lot of disappointed people if someone else comes out, you know, oh, to yeah, the ring. for Sky Blue to show up. <laughs> well, even if it was fucking uh, Trinity, you know, like if, you know, she shows up, I think a lot of people will still be disappointed that's not Mercedes. So, like, mm. you need to announce who the mystery partner is, like, that week or something, um, you know, to let people off the hook, at least, you know, and let them know that it's not going to be, you know, who you're all, you know, really hoping for. Because um, I think people still, in all fairness, would get excited for Trinity, um, you know, if as long as, you know, the whole Sasha thing is, you know, out of the realm of possibility. Mm. Um, now, her deal with New Japan apparently is for multiple dates, but it's not like a full contract whatsoever. Uh, Meltzer's come out and said that there's no way New Japan could possibly afford her. Um, what they're paying her just for those handful of dates is like rivaling what they paid Jericho, you know, to show up at Wrestle Kingdom. So she comes with a hefty price tag. Now, AEW, they have the money. So if she's going to go anywhere, I could see it possibly being AEW, or maybe it's a situation where, you know, it's, uh, you know, per appearance type deal. Um, you know, I could see that happening also, because um, I could see her wanting to kind of, you know, having kind of all options on the table for herself mm -hmm. right now. Because we all know that, you know, wrestling is, you know, Mercedes' first love. So, and she's got big plans. Like, she's been training with, like, Juventud Guerrera. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, and she dreams, you know, obviously of wrestling and stardom and, you know, uh, you know all across the world. So, mm. you know, and AEW does give you a lot of leeway. But I'm wondering if she wouldn't want to necessarily be kind of, like, held down just by one company right now and kind of, you know, do the world tour, you know, and, and she could make a good living off of that. Um, but I mean, we'll see, we'll see. Or maybe it's a joint deal with New Japan and AEW. We know that they're seemingly now like business partners. Uh, apparently they're going to be, you know, working with Tony Khan with ROH. That was announced also this week that they're going to be bringing back Honor Club and that New Japan is going to be a big part of that. Um, but he couldn't give us any further announcements uh, until after Wrestle Kingdom. So, uh, so I, to me, that sounds like they're a huge part of it. If like you can't even announce what your game plan is, mm. like what your weekly TV is going to look like without New Japan. So I don't know if it's like it's going to be like a strong type deal, um, you know, where they're kind of like, you know, it's going to be a mix between like ROH wrestlers and, you know, New Japan strong guys or, you know, whatever. Um, but it sounds like they're going to be a really big part of that weekly TV show. Um, so, I mean, honestly, it's disappointing. I think everyone was kind of hoping that they would be on, you know, some pre-existing streaming service. I mean, just yeah. a month or so ago, it felt like they're headed in that direction, 
But like, the, I don't know. I think I mentioned to you off mic that it felt like Tony was really starting to de-emphasize ROH this past month on like Dynamite. And that just made me feel like, oh, he didn't get any kind of deal, at least with Warner Brothers. Um, you know, it, it, it felt like the writing was really on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then once we saw Jericho lose the belt on the pay-per-view, it was like, okay. <laughs> It, it 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 feels like they're going to be doing either like a YouTube channel or something like that or Honor Club. Um, I don't know. Like, how interested are you in like subscribing to Honor Club for what nine ninety nine a month and getting to watch like an ongoing ROH TV show, a weekly show? Because mind you, this plan does not include the pay per views, and I think the previous mm. Honor Club did. Really? Yeah. So, like, there's no, like, you get the past pay per views, and I think the new pay per views will go on Honor Club after like a two month period or something like that. But no, you're not watching the pay per views live as they happen. Well, currently, I have zero interest because I'm barely even watching Rampage. I yeah. watch Rampage only when I see like a match that's interesting. So, I, I don't know. But, like, I imagine, like, what if, you know, crazy idea. If Sasha Banks is getting put on fucking Ring of Honor. I don't think that's <laughs> happening, man. Not especially Honor I know. Club. <laughs> it's got to be a fat check that Tony's writing her that she would, you know. But I mean, just with the New yeah, Japan stuff. I but yeah. I, I, no, I know that. I think she's happen, coming back for still. Kyrie, honestly. Like, she's doing the New Japan uh-huh. stuff. Because I'm guessing that, like, Kyrie probably has a match at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm wondering if, like, after the match, Sasha comes out and challenges her. Because I think Wrestle Kingdom, we'll have to Google this. I believe Wrestle Kingdom is two nights, but it's, like, yes, mm. like at the end of the month. Like, the second night's at the end of the month. So she can make her challenge on the first night, and then, like, a couple weeks, she wrestles, you know, Kyrie, you know, for the for that yeah, bout. I have no idea why they're, why they're, why it's separate a month. I have no idea. It's really weird, right? <laughs> it is a month, right? Am I crazy? Yeah, it's like a different arena, okay, yeah, too. Yeah, so, it's weird. I mean, I, I, there's gotta be a financial reason behind it, apparently. I know, Wrestle Kingdom Backlash. I know that, yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone hates Backlash. Um, but, I mean, you get a name like Mercedes on the card, you're going to draw eyes, hey. right? So it is smart, exactly. on, you know, New Japan's part to, you know, get her to agree to these dates. Because, I mean, if the situation we just laid out is true, which who the fuck knows, right? <laughs> but it'll definitely uh. do, a, you know, it will definitely boost up that card. So, um but yeah, I, I haven't heard a reason why they're doing it this way. But I know at, at this point, I, I think there's still even like got audience restrictions going on with like noise. So I think they're still not even doing like, uh, you know, gotcha. they're, they're not. I think they're just doing clapping right now. So there's no cheering allowed, uh, which fucking sucks, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, who knows? Who knows how all this is going to you know unfold? Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see when it comes to the ROH side of things, you know, after Russell Kingdom, you know, which is going to be what, like February, honestly, at that point. So, um, I mean, I'm excited for the prospect of her having a potential, you know, time in AEW. Yeah. Uh, if she were to show, I think that'd be a good, you know, person for the entire I think at this point, if it wasn't a possibility, AEW would have gotten out in front of it and they would have debunked the rumor right away. 
because mm. they don't want another situation where like i don't know if it was it was christian right where like a lot of people started to like tony said it was a huge name a hall of fame level name a lot of people went insane on the internet and started like like naming names like the rock and like cm punk at the time which was crazy <laughs> at that point right um uh-huh. so then when christian's music hit people were like oh really they were like let down even though he was a great signing for them um so i i think he's learned his lesson enough to you know realize okay we can't like you know promise them or tease like you know pie in the sky and then you know deliver them you know something lackluster um you know, so I, I don't know. I hope that he's learned his lesson. <laughs> you never know. There was that Cole reveal during uh, um, when Jeff Jarrett showed up for the first time. The what? Say that. When Cole came out, whatever. I don't know what his first name is. Cole oh, from, but that uh, was different though. That Nightmare that wasn't Factory. like uh, we're teasing this for a month out. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but anyway, I, I mean, I guess we just have to wait and see. Um, it definitely hasn't been a boring year to say the least. Uh, but moving on, we've got Winter's coming to talk about, um, hell of a show. Yeah, it was, it was pretty yeah, fun. But I mean, we just talked a lot of news, so let's get through this card. Come on. Okay. <laughs> uh, up first, we had our match four of the best of seven series between Death Triangle and the Elite. Uh, this time the Elite lost to the uh, hammer again again, <laughs> again. um i enjoyed the story a lot this match i loved the uh nick injury angle that they worked um there was part of me at one point that actually believed that the elite was going to pull off the win here um just be i, I think it was kind of wishful thinking on my part because i didn't want them to go down three to one because then i feel like the series becomes kind of predictable you know, since it's kind of like a win or go home type deal, because mm-hmm. um, obviously, like, I think everyone can see th- that this is going seven, you know, <laughs> so um, although I'm not like 100 percent sold that the elite's going to win the series, um, most likely. But the one sure thing we can all agree on is it's going seven. So um, but yeah, no, I, I the Bucks and Kenny have done a lot and. Death Triangle. I don't know why I'm not giving them any credit. They've done a lot to make each one of these matches feel different. So I can really admire that. Um, you know, because each match has really kept my interest, even though we've seen it, you know, multiple weeks in a row now <laughs> at mm. this point. So, um, but yeah, no, I thought it was a great match. Like I said, I, you know, a lot of drama with the injury. Um, we'll see if they still play that up, you know, the next match, which I think is next week, right? Uh, it should be, yes. Yeah. So I don't know if that injury is going to still come into play. Uh, Kenny jumped on the mic afterwards and, you know, basically said, you know what, let's go ahead and, you know, since you guys have beat us three times, you know, with a hammer, let's just go ahead and make this a no DQ match, you know, all weapons allowed, um, so that should add a different element once again to this match um, and just a different style of storytelling, which I'm sure, 
you know, Kenny's loving this shit right now since he is, uh, you know, that kind of creative, you know, artist in the ring who, you know, licks his chops whenever he gets his chance to really like, you know, flex that side side of his, you know, his talents. So them introducing the fact that the next match will be no DQ, you know, kind of eliminates my biggest issue with the storyline so far with Ray kind of not knowing if he's going to be against the hammer or not like this match you know afterwards he's sitting there looking depressed but during it he went for the leg immediately like he had no issue now i will i will stand up for him because he didn't actually hit nick in the leg with the hammer he just took advantage of the situation he was hesitant about it He was. I don't know. He's he wasn't going to last much longer for me. I, I don't think I was going to be into it if I kept watching him, you know, be upset Go about back a hammer. and forth. Yeah, exactly. I, I get it. I get it. Because um, it was kind of like a one note story at that uh-huh. point, at least on the Death Triangle side of things. Um, also, I, apparently, uh, Pac is Daredevil in uh, real life because he could just wrestle blind now because that, okay. that fucking nose guard. <laughs> Uh, it's constantly over his eyes. It's not guarding his nose at all. <laughs> it's just a fucking blindfold. Like, what the hell's no, going on? It's like fucking adjust your goddamn mask back before you kill someone out there. Like, how is he wrestling with that thing on? Like, get a top strap. They need a top strap to hold that thing in place. They can go the Cody Rhodes mask way and have it just clear. It's bizarre. But, like, there is, like, you could do a top strap. You put a top strap, Uh you know, across your fucking head. It'll hold it in place. So, I, like, I don't know. It's really bizarre to me, and it's driving me nuts. Because, like, like, he'll have the thing over his eyes, and he doesn't bother adjusting it. So, I don't know if it's my OCD. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but i'm like terrified he's gonna kill someone uh-huh. um, but i mean once again i really love the match um you know and i'm looking forward to see where this thing goes because like yeah. like i said i feel like it's gonna go seven but i could totally see the elite losing mm-hmm. that's right out of their fucking playbook you know it's it's six of my favorite wrestlers consistently having a match against each other so i'm not gonna be upset ever i just hope it's translating to like i can't i don't know what a new viewer sees in these matches like mm-hmm. if they're okay with that yeah no i agree where like if you turn out it's like i just saw this match uh-huh. um i could see that turning off some people but i feel like they've done a good enough job to make each match different where if you like wrestling you're gonna enjoy it regardless so but like yeah storyline wise it is kind of like treading water because I do want to see what's next for the lead. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's probably House of Black because um, they're starting to really like build them up. But who knows? Maybe also part of this is like they're trying to stretch, you know, time wise until Cole's ready to, you know, come back because th- they have unfinished business with Cole. And I, well, I guess Undisputed Era is gone. So it's probably going to be <laughs> Cole in the kingdom since he used yeah. to run with those guys. Um, that That feels like it makes sense. So because I could definitely see him being also like a, a possible like challenger for them. Like, I mean, storyline, it only makes sense. But anyway, moving on. What do we got next, Christian? Uh, after that, we had a backstage moment with MJF, uh, you know, pretty much just breaking down everything that Ricky Starks did in his promo last week. This kind of feels like the guy who goes home after like an argument and thinks of like a million things he could have said. You know, oh yeah, me. Yes, like kicking himself for not hundred <laughs> percent for me. missed opportunities. <laughs> so, like he's basically sitting there, like dissecting 
Stark's <laughs> promo from last week, um, you know, and responding to shit, you know, I, it's like, okay, man. I will say, though, I liked that we got to hear from MJF and Stark's before the main event mm-hmm. and then we even got like a look back in the locker room them of them like you know preparing for the match i thought it really gave it that like big main event feel um so i thought that was really well done yeah structurally i i want like each main event to kind of play yes. out this way where yes. they build it up throughout the show like it doesn't have to like you don't have to do this weekly but when it's a bigger main events for like an mm. event like winter's coming then absolutely do this up next, the Acclaim made their way to the ring, but got assaulted by Jay Lethal, Sanjay, and Jeff Jarrett, along with Satnam Singh. When is this match happening? Was it announced for next week? Because uh... this this can't get over soon enough for me. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck Jay Lethal has on Tony Khan that he like continues to get a Every segment. Week. Every week! And we can't Every get fucking week. Miro on the screen. <laughs> like, can Miro fight him? Oh you know, that, my that'd be god! Fine. Please. <laughs> well, I mean, regardless, I mean, the sooner this is done with, the fucking better. Uh, just doesn't feel like Jared and Lethal warrant a, a tag title match, <laughs> especially when you have so many other talented teams yes. on the roster. I mean, I get it; like they pretty much have gotten rid of the rankings at this point, but. And I mean, Jarrett's a name, but come on. <laughs> Hopefully this is like a one and done type deal and we can move on and Jarrett can go back, you know, to the office and, you know, do his work for AEW there. Because I like I don't need to see him on camera, you know, other than like maybe once a year for a random guitar shot. Right. Didn't Sting and Darby win that match? Yes, yes. So why aren't they getting I don't, the title? Match? I don't know. Because Jared and Lethal wanted one. Oh, you know, they've okay. attacked him. It, you know, I mean, this is WWE <laughs> storytelling pretty much. It's, uh, you know, how it usually works, you know, on the other channel. But it is what it is. Um, like I said, I have no idea what Jay Lethal has on Tony Khan. <laughs> he must be Khan's, like, favorite wrestler because... He always has a segment on the show, regardless. Uh, after that, we had Jericho backstage, pretty much frustrated from his loss um, at Final Battle, um, and said that he's going to take it out on a jobber uh, before he gets another Ring of Honor title match. So right away, when he acted so dismissive about you know his upcoming match against some jobber, um, I was like, oh, he's told like it's going to either be like some returning wrestler. Um, or, you know, like, it's going to be like Bandito, like someone he wasn't expecting and he's going to lose. I mean, little did I know that it was going to be Action Andretti, who last I saw of him, he was wrestling QT and losing. I mean, he put on an impressive match and, you know, put up a fight, but he definitely lost. And that was like months ago. So like when Jericho came out, I know I'm jumping ahead, but whatever. But when Jericho came out, at first I was like, okay, whose music's about to hit? And then they just like pan over to action (laughs) standing on the other side. I was like, oh shit, it is a jobber. (laughs) No offense to action. But like he didn't even get like a proper like lower third or anything. So like the crowd during the match at the beginning, like literally was chanting like, let's go jobber. (laughs) <laughs> like, they thought it was cute and funny like to cheer this guy on and like 
I got to give it to Jericho. Like, this was a really well put together match that, like, had lots of, like, peaks and valleys to get you to believe that this guy could possibly win. And then to actually have him win, what a huge fucking upset. Like, it's got to be one of the biggest, like, upsets since fucking uh, 123 Kid beat Scott Hall, um, you know, on Raw, like, what, 30 some years ago. So, I. I like I'm trying to like think of another upset like this caliber. <laughs> so um yeah, I mean they must be truly invested in this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, like I said, I haven't seen him since that QT match. <laughs> so this does feel like it's coming out of nowhere, which is good. I mean, that's kind of how you want this to be, right? Like where it's like someone you wouldn't expect. Um, you know, and someone that you're actually like, you know, you see potential in. I just hope that they follow up with this. But this match was fantastic. You know, they had the crowd on their feet the entire fucking match. Once they realized that, like, he could possibly win, like, Jericho had him completely fucking hooked. Um, they showed Jericho afterwards to, like, throw in a hissy fit backstage. Mm. I'm hoping this, like, causes, like, this, like, downward spiral for Jericho and just becomes an absolute maniac. We see him, like, go on a warpath and then, like, possibly get a rematch against action and then, like, lose again. (laughs) 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 But that's, I mean, it's Uh, a fun storyline, right? Something different from Jericho. So, like, I don't want to go on for eight months, like, you know, JAS and, you know, the Blackpool Combat Club, but... I mean, this could be a fun storyline, especially if it leads to action actually, like, becoming a name. I agree, yeah. It, it definitely should push action somewhere ahead. But I think for Jericho, they might go finally back to Garcia, especially after the way he was talking about That's him right. in the promo we, earlier on. You, we didn't talk about that. I got too excited about the <laughs> the upset victory of action. Uh Andrade, Andretti, is it? Andretti, Andretti, Andretti. It's gonna, it's, it's it's gonna take me a while to get that name down. Uh-huh. But yes, <laughs> so during the promo, they talked about uh, Jericho losing the ROH title. Garcia starts talking about losing the Pure title. Jericho kind of gets in his face and said, "You should have never lost to Wheeler." Like kind of mm-hmm. like taking it out on. <laughs> I'm poor, you know, Daniel. But then he basically puts Sammy in charge of Garcia. Yes. Um, and you could see the look on Garcia's face that he was definitely not pleased by this. I think he calls him uh, a veteran wrestler, an older wrestler, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Which I'm curious now to look at their ages to see if that's actually even true. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so he's going to be shadowing him uh, on Rampage while when Guevara faces off against Moxley. Because apparently... They lied to us, Christian, and JS and Blackpool Combat Club are still a fucking thing. They're still feuding for some reason. <laughs> what the fuck happened? I don't know. This man. was all supposed to be done with. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, no. So I'm. But anyway, back to Garcia. I'm hoping now that they're revisiting that because I was a little annoyed that they kind of dropped that whole storyline. You know, after he kind of like. You pledge allegiance to the JAS. Like, it just, like, he went back to square one character wise. Like, because for a while, what was great about that whole storyline is, like, he was so reluctant. You could tell that he was, like, truly torn, Hmm. you know, about what side he was on. Like, is he a wrestler? Is he a sports entertainer? Um, But then, like, once he agreed to join, you know, JAS again, like, he was just back to being a goof. 
Um, so like all those layers just felt like, you know, that they built into the character felt like they were just gone. Um, so I'm glad that now it seems like we're going to like revisit that. My guess it'll probably end up being like a feud between him and Sammy to start things off. And then eventually, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have some kind of feud between him and Jericho. Garcia and just, Jericho. As long as it you know, starts happening. <laughs> but you know what else is interesting about it is like Sammy and Jericho should have a little like beef going like after the events of the pay-per-view because they did yeah. come to blows. Um, and that's never really been addressed. So I'm wondering if like JS will just completely like implode from all this. You know, it was something I was thinking might happen when, you know, Claudio would have ended up on their team. But since, you know, he won the Ring of Honor title, I was like, OK, maybe they're keeping um jas together for a little while longer but i thought claudio would end up being like a cancer you know and like destroy them from the inside right while wearing that (sighs) stupid fucking hat (laughs) i'm glad that that didn't happen to be honest me too (laughs) uh up next we had jungle boy jack perry defeating six-man champion brian cage yeah so i'm not gonna lie i was really hoping that like we wouldn't even see like the roh titles on AEW TV anymore. <laughs> so I was a little uh, disappointed he even came out with it, but it is what it is, I guess. As long as we're not seeing those titles, like, defended weekly on, like, you know, AEW TV, I, I guess I'll just have to deal with it. But I'm just wondering, like, what does this mean? Like, is there going to be, like, an actual separate ROH-only roster? Or are we going to have this crossover you know, with like ROH and AEW on a weekly basis. Like, is it going to be like Raw and SmackDown? Like how they treat their brand expansion, you know, extension. I almost feel like they're going to treat it like an indie show where it's like, yay, we have our AEW roster, but they can just appear on Ring of Honor and they'll never mention it on AEW. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I, I could see maybe like, you know, half the talent being ROH only, like Colt Cabana, like wrestlers like Mm. that. But then like, you know, wrestlers like, you know, Claudio jumping back and forth. Um, But, you know, part of me wants like that separate brand and like have it actually feel like a separate brand with its own roster and everything like that. But I totally understand why, you know, you wouldn't want like Athena only being on ROH TV. Yeah. you know, especially since I'm not subscribing. <laughs> so <laughs> unless they want to send me like a code for free, you know, yeah, definitely, I mean, we yes. will review. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll review the shit out of ROH if they want to give us like a free subscription. Hell yeah. But yeah, otherwise, no, no, not until those pay-per-views are included in that package. Absolutely yes. not. I've got enough streaming services. God damn it. Um, but yeah, like I'm wondering if like they're going to have their own roster, but like this makes me feel like that's not going to be the case. Uh, but anyway, but on to the match. I thought the match was fine. It seems like, you know, Jungle Boy is becoming like the giant killer. Um, you know, we saw after the match. Um, Big Bill come out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take that name seriously. I'm sorry. Why do they change it? <laughs> I don't know. Do you think they think it sounds better than uh W. Morrissey? I feel like W. Morrissey just feels like more of a real name. Big Bill know? just sounds so forced and silly to me. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's... I just I, think I, of Little Bill, yeah. uh, Bill Cosby <laughs> show. <laughs> it can't last. 
And like, it no. can't, it can't last. I feel like they're, they need it. Just call him fucking Bill then. Like if you're going to, I don't know, call him Big C something, you know, they can't call him Cassidy. Is that too close to Cass? I, I don't know. I'm guessing Cass was probably short for Cassidy, right? Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, but I mean, I'm curious to see where everything goes, like especially after what we got at the end of this match. You know, Big Bill and uh, Lee Moriarty came out and attacked Jungle Boy, uh, and then Hook, out of nowhere, made the save. So it looks like we're going to have some kind of like tag action between, you know, the two, you know, groups. Um, I'm glad that Hook is going to be featured on TV because it felt like yes, for a while he was Rampage only. And I get it. Like, he's still rather green and everything like that. You know, less is more with Hook right now. Um, but it's been a year since his first debut match. So it's kind of like sink or swim at this point and I, I he's got all the potential of the world but like now like let's see you work these longer matches and actually get into like real programs and i think this is a great place to start so um but yeah yeah no i i'm glad like we're not seeing jungle boy versus luchasaurus for the you know 50th time oh, at yeah. this point I'm, so i'm happy they're moving on exactly finally. exactly i'm just struggling to come up with a tag team name for them like maybe bangarang that's a good like peter pan reference there what bangarang yeah yeah yeah. from the movie hook. you are fucking hook crazy i swear <laughs> to fucking god i watched it once christian i have no uh -huh. idea what bang but why are you going to are they in the jungle and hook they're mm. not in the jungle and hook no, but it, I mean, jungle, jungle Boy could easily be Peter. Why Pan. not go to like a Jungle Book reference? You go straight to Hook. <laughs> I can't think of a Jungle Book reference. What's a good nickname for Hook and Jungle Boy? I don't know. Uh, I I've got no clue, man. Jungle, like <laughs> Jungle Hook, Hook Boy, Hooker. <laughs> No, hooker no, boy. Not a hooker boy. No. <laughs> oh, no. Fucking um, Stokely did come out and call fucking uh, Jungle Boy a hoe. Did you catch that? <laughs> like, did he just call him a hoe? <laughs> He's just going wild lately. It's, I, it's gonna I'm be real fun. I'm enjoying uh -huh. it. <laughs> anyway, let us know hooker on social boy. media what you think. Uh, not Hooker Boy. I can not, see the shirts now. Not Booker Boy. <laughs> Hooker boy, not Booker boy. Oh, okay, okay, whatever. I, no, I'm just going to ignore uh, the uh, comments. <laughs> uh, after that, um, we had the whole thing with Moxley um, saying that he's going to have a match with Sammy Guevara on Friday. Um, you know, it'd be awesome. Back to Jungle Boy. Oh yeah. Like once he gets rid of the Jungle Boy name, he's going by like Jack Perry. What if he changes his fucking theme song to Welcome to the Jungle? How badass would that be? Like, he's like, in, like he's expensive. like, oh, I'm, well, you could do it. Like, maybe they do like a one time deal, like maybe for like the blow off of a blood feud or something like uh -huh. that. Like, instead of like Tarzan Boy, he comes out to Welcome to the Jungle. I think the fucking crowd would go nuts. At least I oh, would. It'd be badass. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd pop. <laughs> but anyway, okay. B back to, you know, us moving on. Well, we we kind of talked about this earlier. Moxley um, came out and said, well, on in the back at least said that you know he's going to be going up against Sammy Guevara on Friday. That's right. And they showed you know that Blackpool Combat Club are still together. Claudio yes. talked about his win. Wheeler talked about his win. 
decent promo. I'm curious to see what's in store for the faction moving on now that Regal's gone. Um, and why is JS still a thing? You know, them and JS mm. still are somehow a thing. But hopefully this is like the blow off and more of a transition for Moxley to Hangman. Um you know, who we see later on cut a, an amazing fucking promo. Yes. Um, this was noticeably missing Brian, though, for me. Yes. So do you think there's going to be tension between them and Brian? I, I feel like there might be a little like they might revisit Brian versus Moxley at some point. I feel like we've seen that too many times, though, recently, right? Because they have a match during the tournament. They also had oh, a, yeah, a pay-per-view right. match. Um, I could see them eventually coming to odds. Um, maybe he gets frustrated with them for not like trying to seek vengeance for Regal. Um, mm-hmm. Like maybe they don't understand like why he's so like focused on MGF or something like that. But otherwise, I feel like, you know, he'll just be kind of doing his own thing and they'll be doing their own thing separately. I mean, they've done that in the past. I mean, really, yeah. like I feel like we haven't seen Brian much with them recently so and, you know, i'm fine i'm just happy they're still together honestly i they still need to, uh blow off the wheeler and brian tension as well though yeah yeah that's true right because there i feel like there's still a lot of meat on the bone there mm-hmm. so but yeah you know now we don't have regal you know there to be the mediator so um you know maybe that's when we start seeing cracks you know, form, you know, in the faction. Uh, after this, we had a video package from Swerve Strickland, you know, talking about what happened at Final Battle and how he will finally come face to face on Dynamite with Keith Lee. How stupid is Keith Lee to trust Swerve again? <laughs> like, Pretty what did he think? As a hero? You know, like, like, that's one of the things that I hate the most about WWE is how they treat their baby faces. Like, they're always bumbling idiots and uh-huh. for some reason just blindly trust people. Like, the fact that Keith Lee once again agreed to team with Swerve after all the shit that went down, you know, you know, during their title match, I just made no logical sense to me whatsoever. Um, but I'm glad that it seems like now they're finally moving on and we're going to see a program between the two. Swerve is such a great fucking heel. Like, I love mm-hmm. this segment and everything like that. He just feels like such a bastard <laughs> in these promos. Um, I'm really hoping this is going to be like a breakthrough year for him. And we kind of see him more of a like, you know, upper mid card type heel. Um, because I feel like he's just super talented. And there's so much you could do with him um, as a character. But I mean, also, I could say the same thing about Keith Lee. Like, I want, like, now that this program has finally started, this feud is going to start between these two. Like, I almost don't want it to last that long just, just because I want to see them in, like, title contention also. I don't know. I, you know, it's hard to say lately, you know, where anyone's going to fit on the card when you just don't know what kind of storylines that he can come up with. There's just before. so many great dream matches with Lee, mm-hmm. like Keith Lee versus Omega. I mean, yeah. there's so much you could do there. You know, Swerve versus Omega. I mean, oh, man. So Brian versus Swerve. I mean, so like I just I think Tony's starting to learn his lesson after you know, like Cody's left the company and, you know, others have left the company and like, we kind of missed out on so many different possible matches because he was so stuck, like playing the long game storyline wise, um, that like everyone kind of existed in their own little bubble. 
um, that it's okay to do like these matches just for match sake sometimes. Like, you know, give us the occasional dream match just because like we saw with like Dax versus Brian. Um, I want more, you know, not all the time, but more matches like that once in a while. Up next, we had a squash match where the House of Black came out and destroyed the factory. That's this this whole segment went exactly how it should (laughs) have. Yes. I love uh, Hart having the mist now. I think that's amazing. I love the hat. That didn't look black, though. It looked like she just spit on the man. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that. That's even better. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, T. I had to watch a main event of Rampage with QT in it. So, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm loving everything. I love that they're just destroying people and like their enemy right now is all of AEW. So, um, I, I can't wait for the feud between like them and the elite to actually start. So, cause that's another group like Malachi has been with the company for over a year now. And like, I feel like we've like just scratched the surface with him with like yes. all the possible awesome matches we could be like having. You know, like we haven't seen Malachi versus Moxley or Brian or anyone really. So, I mean, there's so much left on the bone when it comes to like, you know, the House of Black. We then had a video package for the next uh, women's title match that will be on next week's episode of Dynamite between Sheeta and Jamie Hayter. I think this should be a banger. I'm looking forward to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, we've seen them wrestle before, but I, I'm glad that Sheeta's getting featured more. Um, I liked that they actually put a story element like in, the, you know, or, or at least hyped up this match, uh, if you will. Um, it feels like there's more like individual storylines going on with the women's division, because for a while mm-hmm. I just felt like we only had one like ongoing storyline and it always revolved around the women's title where right now, I mean, yeah, this was for the women's title, but there's multiple storylines going on. I mean, we're still only getting one match per Dynamite, you know, for the women's division. So that needs to change still. But at least we've got multiple programs happening all at once. Uh, after that, we had Britt Baker and Rebel getting interrupted by Sky Blue as they were trying to berate Sheeta. Sky Blue challenged Britt Baker uh, for next Friday. Just trying to set up the Rampage match. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm sure Tony was like, Brit draws. We need to get the ratings up for Rampage. Let's book her. <laughs> I don't know why we couldn't get a better opponent. You know, nothing against Sky Blue, but like no one believes for a second Sky Blue's beating, you know, Brit. But I mean, no. Sky feels like she gets a lot of matches. So like yes. Tony must be pretty high on her and see a lot of potential there. Um, I was going to say, she gets a lot of time lately. Yeah. Like, it's been a match almost every other week. That's how it feels, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad that he's at least featuring her if he believes in her. But I don't know. She still, I feel like, needs a lot of work. And there's so many other women on the roster that I'd love to see in this spot. Because I feel like we've seen Brit and Sky too. Like, a whole lot. Of, at least in tags recently. So, I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, later, after Jericho's match, we had Ricky Starks um, pretty much breaking down everything that MJF retorted to him. Yeah, no, I thought this was well done and really went a long way to hype up the match. Mm-hmm. Then we got a kind of recap of what happened at the dog collar match between FTR and the Briscoes. FTR are no longer the champions there, but they uh, brought up Gun Club 
and they were going to pretty much challenge them uh, up next. Once they lost the match to the acclaimed, I think we both talked about how it seemed like the writing was on the wall and we could see them possibly losing, you know, the ROH titles Mm -hmm. at the pay-per-view, especially since I couldn't see them beating the Briscoes three, you know, pay-per-views in a row. Um, so I wasn't surprised by the outcome. I haven't seen the match yet. It's supposed to be amazing. So I'm looking forward to checking it out. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm not surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose the New Japan titles also. Starting the New Year belt list and then having to like, you know, build themselves up again. Could be a cool storyline. After this, we saw how both men got ready for the main event. Uh, Ricky Starks warming up while MGF got a massage. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love the dynamic here, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, this was followed up with a match with Ruby Soho finally getting some revenge on Ty Mello, uh, at least until afterwards. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that, you know, Ty had to get her heat back at the end of this match. Like, I mean, let Ruby just fucking have a moment. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like Tony does this to her all the time. I was actually terrified, like, halfway through the match. I was like, oh, my God, is Ty going to fucking beat her? Um, but luckily, like, you know, Ruby got her revenge, rightfully so. Um, you know, Ruby's, you know, another wrestler. And I know she's been injured the last, like, three months. But I really want to see, like, you know, Tony really get behind and start to push her more. So I know she was in like the Owens uh, finals match at least, but after that, I, I feel like she's been really like just kind of like, you know, out in limbo, you know, not doing much. So and it just feels like such a waste. Exactly. Before that injury, it was all over the place with her storylines. So. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but now that it seems like Tony's more invested in the women's division, hopefully that changes. I was waiting for someone to show up and yes, save her. Though. Me too. I, I was like, who's coming? Is it Willow? Yeah. Like, what's- yeah. I think Willow's going to be staying over on the ROH brand. I feel like they really mm. have groomed her to be like the next like contender for that belt. Like I could see a program between her and Athena. Like Willow worked a match on the ROH card and everything like that. And she's super over right now. So yeah. like, I, I think she'd be a great ROH champion. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, selfishly, I want to see her on AEW TV too. So that'd be a great team, you know, her and Ruby. Um, eventually, if they do build up this division enough and Tony, you know, caves and actually starts featuring more women's matches on Dynamite, maybe we could get some like tag titles, you know, happening. So perhaps, you know, we'll, we'll see though. Like, it, like I, I, he still has a lot of work to do before. Like, I trust mm-hmm. him with tag titles though. I don't want it to be like a WWE situation. Yeah. As we mentioned earlier, we had a backstage moment with Hangman Adam Page, uh, pretty much explaining, you know, how he felt uh, being gone during this time. Hangman is so underrated. This is a great promo, like just giving us a story about like how terrified it actually feels to be like concussed and like forgetting his child's name and just how scary that must have felt. Um, You know, I mean... It was depressing and, you know, got you excited for this fucking match between him him and Moxley all at once. Uh, You know, just, hey, man, it's so underrated and underappreciated in this company. I just, I'm hoping that, like, 2023, like, people start to really, like, realize what a superstar, like, Hangman really is. 
Yeah, I just I don't know if he's got bad luck or what, because it just feels like he gives fantastic promos to the like worst crowds every yeah, single time. I, you know, I think or Tony puts fucking MJF above I, him, and everyone's paying attention. Yes, to that. and I think part of it too is like, like during his title reign, like a lot of people kind of piss all over it, but like. I think the problem was obviously the booking. Like he was having great matches. Mm-hmm. He was having great promos, but the problem was like he was never featured on the show. And I think it's because he won the title at a time when you had this influx of new talent. So mm-hmm. he kind of got lost in the shuffle, which you can't have your world champion do. Like there's no excuse for your world champion to be lost in the shuffle, but he was really kind of like put on the back burner. It felt like where there'd be like weeks where he would get like just a segment, Um, you know, and it's really the only champion that's ever really been booked that way. So it's, it's disappointing, but I'm sure he's going to make it part of his storyline. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so when he does get that second title reign, it's going to end up being fucking epic. So up next, we had the main event between MJF and Ricky Starks. But right as that was starting up, um, as Ricky Starks was making his entrance, we got an announcement of what's going to happen in the next few uh, matches for the best of seven. Uh, they claim that after um, this no DQ match, there was going to be a false count anywhere match. And then if it goes beyond that, there would be a ladder match. Yes, basically telegraphing that it's going to go seven, which I mean, we all yes. knew, but it's still annoying. You know, like, why would you fucking plan all this shit out <laughs> like that? If you don't even know, like it's going to go seven, but it is mm-hmm. what it is. I was more annoyed, though, honestly, that they were stepping on Stark's entrance. Yeah, You know, like here, you've done a great job of building to the main event all, you know, show long. And then Starks comes out and makes his entrance. And instead of about instead of like putting him over and, you know, really, you know, pumping up the narrative about the main event, they're busy fucking, you know, selling us on this best of seven series, you know, and all these stipulations that they put on to matches that, you know, in storyline could possibly not even happen. So exactly. it was a little annoying. It's a, it's a matchup that doesn't need to be sold either. No, all that much. No, honestly, and like you could have done this in a social media post, uh-huh. or just fucking wait to announce it, and that makes it feel more exciting when you do like after you know the next match. Um, but whatever. Uh, I just wish they would realize when they do shit like that, it makes what's actually on the screen at the time feel like an afterthought, and hmm. you know your number one contender. In the main event should never feel like an afterthought. I also think I also felt like it spat in the face of what Kenny was trying to do earlier on by making it seem like this was an unplanned. Yes. Thing, yes. You know? I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and there's just once again, there's no reason to telegraph it like this. Like, OK, well, obviously this is good. You know, the the elite are going to win three in a row like, or two in a row. Right. Because they're one up. So it's yes. just, I don't know. Whatever. All right. Well, we had MJF defeating Ricky Starks in this match, continuing to hold on to the AEW world title and the Dynamite Diamond Ring. So the first half of this match, I thought, was a little slow and clunky. Um, it wasn't bad by any means, but, you know, MJF and Starks, both of their styles, they're just like classic wrestlers, you know. Mm-hmm, yes. um, but as this match really built and they were really able to tell a story in the ring... Like, you could feel the crowd start to get behind Starks and everything like that. And they really, like, structured it so it, like, crescendoed at the end. Um, You know, especially when, like, 
MJF had Starks in that submission and like he's desperately trying to reach for the ropes and uh-huh. Max keeps on blocking him. And then finally with this like left leg, Starks is finally able to like get that bottom rope and the crowd like popped huge for it. That was really well done. And like after that, I felt like the, the crowd was just all on board. I thought it was smart that MJF still had to resort to cheating to, you know, beat Starks because it put over Starks as a legitimate contender for that belt. Um, mm. It also helped to make this a match you want to see revisited um, in the future. So, um, yeah, no, I, I thought this was a great match. I mean, there was a few clunky spots here and there. Like, it seemed like they were having a real hard time pulling off a powerbomb for some reason. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and at first, I didn't know if that was part of the story or whatnot, but it, it just wasn't working. But they recovered well, you know? So, like, I don't mind my wrestling being a little messy because it makes it look a little more real. But, you know, at the same time, like, I don't want it to ever seem like you guys are working together to get a spot done <laughs> also. Um, you know, uh, commentary wasn't too goofy about the situation either. Like they were doing a good job covering yes. like, oh, they're just struggling to get this move off on each yes, other. Yes, yes, which I appreciate. So, uh-huh. um, but yeah, no, I thought this was a pretty damn good match. Um, and like I said, I, I feel like we're now at the point where we're seeing like the arrival of Ricky Starks into like, that you know upper echelon of the AEW roster where like he's going to be a wrestler that needs to be featured on every pay-per-view and you know you know you need to see him you know on mostly every dynamite and he's someone who needs to be accounted for storyline wise you know on your your tv so um hopefully that's the case and i'm not just reading into this and this isn't the typical situation where you know you know where we see a lot of like the first like number one contenders like kind of fall to the wayside Mm -hmm. um because that does feel like a trend with AEW. uh you know i'm looking at you lance archer um so it just it feels this felt bigger than that though like this didn't feel like just a match for match sake, like just an icebreaker. Like this felt like, like I said, uh, the arrival of something special with Starks. I could totally see them um, revisiting Starks and Swerve, but like now that they're on different sides of it all. That'd be great. You know, that'd be great. Or what about like Starks versus Joe? You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm guessing we'll probably see Wardlow regain that title from Joe eventually, but. I wouldn't mind seeing Starks get a run with it, right? Like if you could, you know, turn that into some kind of like three way, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. The new king of television. Ricky there you Starks. go. There yeah. you go. Um, <laughs> um, after the match, MJF when he was going up the ramp uh, was ready to leave, but Brian Danielson uh, came charging out after. Yes, him. yes. <laughs> he was on the warpath. Yeah, MJF wanted no part of Brian. Um, he made a beeline. For those arena stairs, um, you know, running the opposite direction. Uh, you know, this is obviously the direction they're headed in next. And that's been pretty apparent in all of MJF's promos. I will say the crowd really seemed into the prospects of, you know, Brian versus MJF, um, which is a good thing. 
Um, I'm wondering, like, is this going to be the pay-per-view match? Because we're like three months out. Oh, no, um, there's no way. <laughs> I could see this being maybe the match in Seattle because they are going to be mm-hmm. uh, in Seattle, I believe, the first week of January. So I think they're in Seattle uh, the night of Wrestle Kingdom, actually. Oh, okay. So maybe that's when they, you know, have the match. Um, and it could be some kind of like schmaz or something like that. And then they could kind of stretch it out. But regardless, I will say like my favorite part of what Brian did, um, you know, to close the show was to make sure to shine the spotlight back on Starks. Yes. You know, like too often with AEW, we see them forgetting to let moments breathe. And really kind of like steps all over like a big moment. They just worked really hard to get over with the crowd. Um, But that wasn't the case here. Like they made sure that Starks was seen like standing tall in the ring next to Brian as the show went off the air. I thought that was important. I know if that was, you know, Tony's doing or if Brian just had like the where for all to, you know, make sure that, you know, Starks still got his moment. Um, so, but all in all, I thought this was a great show. Yeah, I had fun with this, uh, Winter is Coming. I don't think it was, like, their biggest one yet, but it was still, you know, a very good show, at I'll least. be honest, like, I can't think of, like, oh, Kenny won the title, right, at Winter's Coming? Mm-hmm. Right against and Moxley? we also had Sting's arrival in the first yes, one. Yes, yes, yes. But I thought it was a good show regardless, and this is the kind of quality show I expect from Dynamite, um, that of late, we haven't always been getting. So hopefully Tony starts to get in the groove again and he starts pumping out these shows more on a consistent basis. I think it's a big help not having like the cloud of ROH hovering over Dynamite. Um, Mm. You know, it just it felt like everything had more time to breathe. I don't know if that's just me being overly excited that, you know. This chapter in AEW is finally over. This like co-branding thing that they had going on, but it's just ridiculous that this whole like joint branding experiment that Tony was doing had the opposite effect on fans when it came to ROH. Mm. Like I don't know, man. Besides the pay per views, like 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 I said before, like I'm not paying nine ninety nine to see a weekly (laughs) ROH show. Though I hope that doesn't, like, affect the wrestlers too much that are going to be working for ROH. Like, that they don't get screwed over by people not being interested enough in a 999 And, like, service. if you signed a contract thinking you were going to be an AEW wrestler and then you're kind of shuffled off onto, yeah. you know, this ROH brand, like, are you going to start getting a little disgruntled or are you going to be disappointed mm. that, you know, the only way people can see you wrestle is, you know, on this, like, streaming service that – who knows how many people are going to actually like invest, you know, and buy into. So I could see that being an issue. And I'm sure if it is, we'll probably hear about it <laughs> eventually. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but hopefully like, I mean, in my eyes, at least you're wrestling because I'm sure there's half of the locker room right now who are just sitting back and catering. So at least you're being featured, but at the same time, I could understand why that would be a little, like, disheartening. Like, I wanted to be an AEW wrestler, not an ROH wrestler. Well, you're not in Blackpool Combat Club, and you're not in JAS, so, so you don't get a weekly slot. Or hanging gotcha. out with Jay Lethal. <laughs> or hanging out with Jay fucking Lethal. <laughs> like, if I was one of those guys <sighs> in catering, I'd be buddying up with Jay Lethal. Like... <laughs> 
Like, hey, man. Tell him you need me. You can have my piece of pie, Jay. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, join us next week as we talk more AEW Dynamite. Well, that does it for this week. That's right. And as a friendly reminder, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, remember to subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review. Exactly. It sure does help an independent podcast like ours continue to grow. And while you're at it, make sure to tell a friend. Plus, if you like any of the stories we talked about on this week's episode, make sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to catch the full articles, trailers, memes, and more. That's right. You can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show on all social media platforms. And hey, if you're looking for extra content, make sure to catch our streams every weekend on Twitch, plus YouTube videos Monday through Friday. Want to support the show further? You can head over to tpublic.com and get yourself some amazing Nerd Show merch. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more. And if you post what you bought and tag us on social media, we'll send you some additional nerd swag if you live in the United States. Want to support the show further? You can head over to tpublic.com and get yourself some amazing Nerd Show merch. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more. And if you post what you bought and tag us on social media, we'll send you some additional nerd swag if you live in the United States. All right, make sure to join us next week as we talk all the latest news and rumors in nerd culture. And whatever's going on in the world of wrestling. My name's Christian. And my name's David. And that was The Amazing Nerd Show. They can't just be out on the streets. Look, if one of them can just cut down Mark Bodega in half, imagine... No, Del Mars. Yeah, the best sandwich in Queens. Subhaven's pretty good. Well, it's too much bread. I like bread. Come on, man, please.